I'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and of course we have a great show lined up for you this evening. And we're here until well after midnight with some of the very best in jazz music. And... We endeavor to present real jazz, <laughs> not uh, <laughs> to become so common now to use this term, fake jazz. We don't, we don't do fake jazz on the jazz show. So there you go. So be prepared for real jazz. We have uh, so many artists to play for you this evening. And, of course, uh, it's so nice uh, with the weather, the shift in the weather, all that smoke and stuff. We can see the sky again. It's blue. Ah, amazing. I'd forgotten. And, uh, of course, the air smells so good. Vancouver always has great air because it comes in off the ocean. And um, I think we're blessed with really clean air here and, and clean water, despite what some people say. And... Um, compared to other parts of the world, believe me. And also, what's kind of interesting is that there's a big meteor shower going on, uh, and so you might get a glimpse of it um, if you're lucky and in the right place. So there you go. Anyway, um, our jazz feature this evening to begin the show is the Count Basie Orchestra. And... Basie, of course, was came to New York in the 30s um, with a, a kind of a ragtag band um, from Kansas City, but he was heard by a couple of um, New York impresarios encouraged to bring the whole band to New York City. And with a few personnel changes, uh, Basie became a jazz icon in the 30s. And, of course... Um, that incredible band from that period, and there's so many uh, recordings done from there with people like Herschel Evans and Lester Young in the, in the band and the great the All-American Rhythm Section of uh, Freddie Green on guitar and Walter Page on bass and Papa Joe Jones on drums. Uh, they made jazz history, and um, Basie, of course, became um, one of the great um, icons of jazz. Nice thing about Count Basie, too, was that he was a nice guy. Um, he, was, he was quite um, a normal human being. He didn't have uh, any uh, uh, eccentricities or anything. Uh, he was very approachable, very friendly man, and a very, very good band leader. He knew exactly what he wanted from his, uh, from his musicians. And he, of course, continued throughout the... 1940s, with all the changes that the war years brought, uh, not only in music but in personnel. And uh, for a short time, uh, when the whole big band era collapsed with the closing of all the ballrooms all over the United States uh, in the late uh, 40s, early 50s, Basie um, disbanded and formed a sextet for a couple of years, which was also great. And then he gradually built up a band again. And the earlier band, of course, is called the First Edition, and the band that he 
rebuilt in the 1950s was really the second edition. And uh, this is the edition we're going to hear. It was a great period in Count Basie's music. Uh, the band is so identifiable. If you hear the sound of the Basie band, you know it's Basie. It's the same way as if you heard Duke Ellington's band. You would know instantly that it, it's Duke Ellington. But the Basie sound was tight, um, very well disciplined, um, great blending of all the, all the horns together. And, of course, swing. Basie never forgot, no matter how slow the tempo or how fast the tempo was to swing, that rhythm section just had to boot everything along uh, beautifully. And, of course, uh, um, the precision in the Basie band was something of a marvel, too. These guys could just breathe together. And the personnel was fairly, was uh, very stable throughout the 50s. And this particular recording took place in the Americana Hotel in Miami, Florida, May the 31st, 1959. The story behind here, this was a one-nighter. The band, of course, the Basie band was based in New York. Basie got the offer to do this gig. It was the um, Disc Jockey Convention. So it was a huge, there were disc jockeys from all over the country, people involved in the music business at this conference. And Basie's band was scheduled to go on stage at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's when it started. <laughs> so, and they arrived um, shortly before 2, quickly set up, and were all ready to go at precisely 2 o'clock in the morning. And they played all morning, right into the, er, right into the breakfast hours. So this album was called Breakfast, Dance, and Barbecue. And it was uh, issued on Roulette Records. And it was recorded by a guy or produced by a guy that Basie really liked. He knew how to put this sound of the band on record. And he was quite a character. He was a jazz hustler. His name was Teddy Rieg. And um, Teddy was a 300-pound uh, <laughs> guy uh, he acted as Basie's agent, but he was also his recording producer. And, and as I said, Teddy was one of those New York hustlers. And um, he, he would um, roll up the sleeve of his uh, um, uh, sports jacket and show you a whole bunch of watches up his arm and try and sell you one. He was that kind of a guy. But he also he knew music, and he was, um, uh, knew all the nuances of this band, and, and uh, Basie had a lot of respect for Teddy Rieg, and he always got the best sound on records out of the Basie band. So getting back to this gig, starting at 2 o'clock in the morning, the place is absolutely jam-packed, and of course um, the band uh, immediately, once it, uh, once it hit the bandstand, they were all inspired to play, and of course this is one of Basie's finer recordings from this period. So that's, uh, that's the scenario, and we're going to hear um, a good part of this gig, which took place, as I said, starting at 2 o'clock in the morning um, at the American, uh, Americana Hotel in Miami, Florida. 
The personnel of the band, I'll just run it down once. You'll hear solos by various people in the band. I'm not going to get into all the individual solos that you're going to hear, but the names on lead alto saxophone, one of the greats, Marshall Royal. The two Franks, uh, Frank Foster and Frank West. Frank West, of course, also doubled on tenor saxophone and flute. So if you hear any flute solos, it's by Frank West. Frank Foster was the other great tenor saxophone player. We're going to hear a little bit more of him later on in the show. And he is an incredible player. There's another fantastic player, uh, tenor saxophone player in the band, and he is one of the legends out of Detroit, Michigan. I'm talking about Billy Mitchell. So we'll hear some solos by him and beefing up the whole saxophone section on baritone saxophone is the late, great Charlie Folks. Trumpets, amazing trumpet section. Thad Jones, who did um, a lot of the arrangements for uh, Basie's band, wonderful trumpet player, and Joe Newman, uh, another great soloist, and someone who didn't solo very often, um, but was important in the section, a gentleman named Wendell Cully, and very much a gentleman too, and also Snooky Young. So those are the trumpet players. On trombones, the great and, of course, always uh, out front and demonstrative Al Gray on trombone and Henry Coker on trombone. We hear solos by all of them, little short solos by all of the trombone players. Al Gray, Henry Coker, and Benny Powell on trombones. Then, of course, the rhythm section. Count Basie himself on piano. Freddie Green on guitar, the powerhouse bass player Eddie Jones, and one of the greatest big band drummers ever, the great Sonny Payne. We're also going to hear a couple of vocals by the Basie, um, who worked with the Basie band for many years, Joe Williams, and he'll, he'll come along a little later in the set. So we're going to begin with uh, the band, and they're going to do a Thad Jones original to open the set called The Deacon. And we're going to go into uh, a Neil Hefty composition that a lot of people know. You can maybe even whistle along with it, and it'll feature Frank uh, Frank West on the flute. It's a tune called Cute. And then a Duke Ellington tune is tune number three in a mellow tone. Then we're going to go to one called uh, Cherry Point, which was another Neil Hefty composition. And following that, another Neil Hefty composition called Splanky. And that was one of Count Basie's nicknames. It kind of described his piano style. Um, then we're going to move to a tune called Counter Block by Thad Jones. And then this one features the trumpet player who is never usually heard in solo, but he does the lead part in a very famous Neil Hefty composition called Little Darlin'. Beautiful tune. Then we're going to hear two um, tunes by Joe Williams, and he's going to sing for you. And he's going to do a tune, his own composition, called Five O'Clock in the Morning, which was probably when this was recorded, um, and, uh, and the most famous bassy tune um, that was written by Memphis Slim or Peter Chapman, Every Day I Have the Blues. And, of course, I know you've heard that one before. 
and uh, maybe a couple more tunes, and we'll close the jazz feature. So, without further ado, here is the Count Basie Orchestra playing at the Americana Hotel in Miami, Florida, May the 31st, 1959, a one-nighter for the Disc Jockey Convention. And here is Mr. Basie and his orchestra, our jazz feature this evening. Thank you. 
it is five o'clock in the morning and there is no one on the street but me it's five o'clock in the morning there is no one on the street but me and i'm evil tired and lonely because you're not where you ought to be i'd be so happy baby if you were where you ought to be this morning i'd be so happy baby if you were where you ought to be this morning my whole world is empty darling because you're not here with me don't think that i don't love you because i don't write you every day don't feel that I don't need you because I haven't much to say. I love you and need you so bad that I could cry this morning. Until you're here with me, baby, I just can't be satisfied. Bye. 
about a girl I know. She's my baby and she lives next door. Every morning before the sun comes up, she brings my coffee in my favorite cup. That's why I know, yes I know, hallelujah I love her so. When I'm in trouble and have no friends, I know she'll go with me until the end. Everybody asks me how I know. I smile at them and say she told me so. That's why I know. Yes, I know. Oh, hallelujah, I love her so. If I call her on the telephone and I tell her I am all alone, well, by the time I count from one to four, I hear her on my door in the evening when the sun goes down and there is nobody else around she kisses me and holds me tight Christmas daddy everything's alright it's why I know yes I know hallelujah I love her so she is a real fine baby almost drives me crazy Dink a ilia blue, basilia blue, blue, blada. Dink do blink do blink do blink do dink do blink do dink. I know, yes I know. Hallelujah, I love her so. If I call her on the telephone and I tell her daddy's all alone, well by the time I count from one to four, I hear her on my door. Holds me tight, tells me, Daddy, everything's all right. It's why I know, yes, I know. Hallelujah, I love her. Deep down in my soul, I love her. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
That last piece, of course, which is Basie's theme song, A One O'Clock Jump, wrapped things up about 7 o'clock in the morning (laughs) for that gig. We heard a whole bunch of selections from this uh, wonderful live album recorded at the Americana Hotel in Florida for the Disc Jockey Convention by the Count Basie Orchestra. And as I mentioned before, they... uh, came down from New York City, and they started to play at 2 o'clock in the morning because the party was going full bore, and the place was, uh, you know, packed out with uh, listeners and dancers, uh, all people from this uh, convention. And, of course, the band was inspired and enjoyed the gig and made this particularly fine recording. And uh, the original recording session was produced by one of Basie's great friends, Teddy Rieg, um, who somehow um, knew all the ins and outs of how to capture the sound uh, of this band. So the recording quality uh, for its time, or for any time in that matter, is uh, very high. And I mentioned all the the personnel in the Basie band, and of course... uh, I won't run down everybody in the band except uh, some of the soloists on some of the pieces we heard. We heard a whole bunch of them. Um, But the rhythm section, of course, was held everything together with the Count himself on piano, Freddie Green on guitar, Eddie Jones on bass, and the fabulous Sonny Payne on drums. Interestingly enough, this edition of the band, which actually began um, when Basie in the early 50s Of course, let's go back to the 30s for a minute. Uh, That's when Basie gained fame with with an earlier edition of the Basie Band, and that was called the Old Testament. That's what the uh, was was referred to. And when Basie um, broke up his big band in the early 50s, uh, toured for a while with a small band, and then reformed, Uh, the basis of this band that we heard, it was referred to as the New Testament. And, of course, it it brought in a more disciplined um, section work and uh, very tight uh, and wonderful arrangements. And, of course, the band was full of uh, great soloists and um, all kinds of uh, very prominent people on the jazz scene. So I hope you enjoyed the music. And, uh, of course... Jazz music especially always sounds better when it was recorded live, when musicians are playing to somebody rather than the four cold walls of a recording studio. It always seems to work out much better. The tunes, we will run them down. Uh, We opened with the Thad Jones original called The Deacon, and that featured Thad on trumpet and the great Al Gray on trombone. Then uh, there was a little bit of uh, repartee with the band, Um, and then they went into a piece of music by Neil Hefty called Cute, and that featured uh, Sonny Payne on uh, brushes and Frank West on flute. And then we went into a version of Duke Ellington's In a Mellow Tone, which featured the great trombone work of Benny Powell. Uh, Then we moved from there to um, an original... Uh, or a piece of music by uh, Neil Hefty called Cherry Point, which featured uh, the piano of Count Basie. 
And then we went into a, another piece by Neil Hefty called Splanky, which was one of Basie's nicknames. And uh, that featured Frank Foster on tenor saxophone. Then we moved to a tune um, called Counter Block by Thad Jones, and that featured um, Billy Mitchell, the great Detroit tenor saxophonist in uh, solo on that. And then one of the prize pieces of the Basie band, Little Darlin, written by Neil Hefty, and that featured the very mellow trumpet of Wendell Cully. Then we heard two vocals by the great Joe Williams with the band. We heard Five O'Clock in the Morning and, of course, the classic Every Day I Have the Blues, which was written by Memphis Slim, or Peter Chapman was his real name. And uh, then we moved to an old Basie uh, tune that had been around since the early 30s called Moton Swing. And that featured Frank Foster on tenor and Joe Newman on trumpet. Then we heard another vocal by Joe Williams, Hallelujah, I Love Her So, which is a tune written by Ray Charles. And the final tune, of course, was Basie's theme song, The One O'Clock Jump. And it featured a guest on trumpet who uh, showed up uh, right at the end of the show. He was um, playing in Florida some other gig, and he showed up. He was an alumni or an alumnus of the Basie band, Harry Sweets Edison. And he took the trumpet solo on the One O'Clock Jump, Basie's theme song. And that all wrapped everything up. Uh, by that time, it was 7 o'clock in the morning, and time for everybody to have breakfast. And uh, that's what they did, and the Basie band hopped on a plane and headed back to New York City. This album uh, came out on Roulette Records, and it was called Breakfast, Dance, and Barbecue. And it's one of the best Basie albums from this particular period in time. As I said, it was recorded May the 31st, 1959. Our jazz feature of this evening. So we hope you enjoyed the music of Count Basie. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're going to come back with a tribute to one of the great, great jazz violinists. It's his birthday today. And I'll tell you more about it in a very few moments. Stay tuned. Do you want to know more about human rights abuses, global issues, and international politics? Are you interested in writing to foreign and local governments in response to global crises? Are you ready to give peace a chance? If your answer is yes, then Amnesty International UBC may be the club for you. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash AIUBC or send us an email at amnestyubc at gmail.com. feel uncomfortable or unsafe walking around campus at night? There's an AMS service dedicated to helping anyone trying to get across campus alone at night. We're SafeWalk, and we have your back. Call us at 604-822-5355 to request a transfer, or check out our website at ams.ubc.ca forward slash SafeWalk for more information on hours and policies. 
You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. We're going to celebrate the birthday now of a gentleman named Hezekiah Leroy Gordon Smith. He's better known as Stuff, and he's one of the great violinists in jazz. Stuff Smith was an unbelievable performer, and I'll tell you, I don't think anybody, it takes, it might take a minute if you're not used to listening to the jazz violin. If you're used to listening to someone like Stefan Grappelli, who had a beautiful classical technique, or Sven Das Mussen, uh, another violinist uh, who had superb classical technique. Stuff Smith may sound um, a little rough, a little raw, but that's the way he wanted it. And the amazing thing about Stuff is that he swung so hard, and and uh, was he was just an amazing musician. He made a lot of recordings over the years. Um, he was born in Portsmouth, Ohio, uh, August 14th, today, in 1909, and he was 59 when he died in Munich, Germany. He went over to uh, Europe to live and uh, enjoyed over there because it was free of the kind of uh, horrible racial prejudice that he had suffered uh, in America and that most black people do did in, uh, in the early days and still do. Uh, I must say. Um, He died on September 25, 1967 in Munich, uh, sad to say, and he was was 59 years old. But Stuff was a a character as well, and um, a hard drinker and a hard player, and he could be very temperamental at times too. If things weren't going right, he could could really, uh, he could carry on some, I'll tell you. But one of his finest recordings, one of my favorite recordings, uh, is this one we're going to hear a couple of tracks from. That's a recording that Stuff did with Dizzy Gillespie. And it's Dizzy and Stuff together. It was done in 1957. And it features the great Winton Kelly on piano, Paul West on bass, and John Charles Hurd, J.C. Hurd on drums. And um, Dizzy, of course, is quite inspired, and uh, they were all friends and got along very well, musically and socially, and they, they, uh, they play together beautifully. So these are a couple of tunes. Uh, the first composition we're going to hear was written by Dizzy Gillespie and features, uh, of course, as I mentioned, Dizzy on trumpet and Stuff Smith on violin. And the first tune is an exotic-sounding thing called Rio Pakistan. Then the second tune is a minor key blues with um, a little channel in between, um, which goes into a major key, if you're interested in the musical definition. But it's uh, a tune that I love, and uh, again... It's a composition of Stuff Smith's, and it's called Purple Sounds. So here then, Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, 
Stuff Smith on violin, Winston Kelly on piano, Paul West on bass, and J.C. Hurd on drums. And we begin with Rio, Pakistan. Thank you. 
I must apologize for the uh, for the rough start on that tune. Um, there's a new CD player in the studio, and I was pushing wrong buttons and uh, <laughs> not getting what I wanted. Eventually, we got to the tune. Anyway, we heard two lengthy tunes from a wonderful album by Dizzy Gillespie and a gentleman we're paying tribute to because it's his birthday today, birthday anniversary of the great violinist, Hezekiah Stuff Smith. Stuff Smith was born August 14th, 1909 in Portsmouth, Ohio, and died in Munich after a long residence over in Europe, September 25th, 1967. He was only 59, but a great musician and, of course, one of the pioneers of jazz violin. And this recording has always been a favorite of mine, Dizzy Gillespie and Stuff together. They were friends, 
and uh, they just seem to go together um, wonderfully. And uh, this album, uh, as I said, has always been a favorite. So two lengthy tracks from this uh, recording. Dizzy and Stuff were accompanied by the great Wynton Kelly on piano, Paul West on bass, and J.C. Hurd on drums. And the first tune was written by Dizzy Gillespie, kind of an exotic uh, Eastern-sounding thing called Rio Pakistan. Actually, it was based on the blues, but, um, you know, it didn't really sound like a blues, but the blues form. And the second tune was very definitely a blues, but a minor key blues with a little um, eight-bar channel in there as well, uh, which turned into a major key and then back to the minor key again. There you go. Music lesson number one. And uh, that one was written by Stuff Smith, and that was called Purple Sounds. Stuff Smith and Dizzy Gillespie. Happy birthday, Stuff, wherever you are, and I'm sure you're stringing everyone along. We're in jazz heaven with all those great violin players like Stefan Grappelli, who was a good friend of yours, and Sven Desmussen, and Joe Venuti, and uh, Eddie South was a wonderful violinist as well, African-American violinist. So we pay tribute to Stuff Smith. Mm -hmm. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, and we shall return in a few moments. We're also on the computer, by the way. Uh, That's www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back in a few seconds. Do you want to know more about human rights abuses, global issues, and international politics? Are you interested in running to foreign and local governments in response to global crises? Are you ready to give peace a chance? If your answer is yes, then Amnesty International UBC may be the club for you. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash AIUBC or send us an email at amnestyubc at gmail.com. It's Cynthia from The Bike Kitchen. We moved, but we are still nearby. The Bike Kitchen is now located on East Mall in the trailer between Irving K. Barber and Brock Hall. Come down and check out our selection of used bikes, work on your bike with our tools, or get a tune-up by one of our pro mechanics. We have a one- or two-day turnaround on all tune-ups. Check out our website, thebikekitchen.com, for more information about our services and prices. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! Do you ever feel uncomfortable or unsafe walking around campus at night? There's an AMS service dedicated to helping anyone trying to get across campus alone at night. We're SafeWalk, and we have your back. Call us at 604-822-5355 to request a transfer, or check out our website at ams.ubc.ca forward slash SafeWalk for more information on hours and policies.
we're going to get to the weather for a moment here. Uh, tonight is going to be partly cloudy with a low of 11. It's nice and cool now. It's, it's cooled down quite a bit, and, of course, the air is nice and clear. We can see the sky uh, and the blue sky. Remember when it was blue? Yeah. Anyway, um, there's also, um, if you're lucky, there's um, a meteor shower out there. And a lot of people have uh, made, uh, especially people that live on the Gulf Islands and, and so on, they're able to see some of it anyway. Hopefully you can, too, if you're um, into that. Anyway, tonight is partly cloudy with a low of 11. Tomorrow will be uh, mainly cloudy throughout the morning, and then it's going to be clearing uh, in the afternoon. So we're going to have some nice sunny periods with a low of 11 and a high of 22. Then um, a mix of sun and cloud for Wednesday with a low of 11 and a high of 22 again. And then cloudy for Thursday and Friday with lows of 15 and highs 21, 22. And then on the weekend, uh, a mix of sun and cloud. So we'll have some pretty nice weather. No precipitation in the forecast. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 13 and highs up to about 23. So that's not bad. We can put up with that. Yeah. But uh, the main thing is uh, we got rid of that uh, that that smoke, and ho- hopefully it will disappear from the places that uh, it's affecting um, in the interior of British Columbia. We're going to turn now to a session recorded on Friday, March the 22nd, 1957. And it was kind of a, one of those prestige jam session dates, but... There were people that kind of coordinated. Um, the the producer, of the owner of Prestige Records, liked the idea of unrehearsed kind of uh, jams, and sometimes they they kind of sprawled, uh, and you know were okay, um, but uh, other times they were a little more tightly organized, and um, of course the musicianship uh, and the solo power um, was always good. It's, this is kind of an interesting recording. It's called um, Interplay for Two Tenors and Two Trumpets. Now, the two trumpets are lesser-known players, but fabulous players all the same. Uh, from Washington, D.C., a young man, then young man, uh, his name, great jazz name too, Webster Young. And he plays the cornet, which is kind of a smaller, more mellow-sounding or sharper-sounding trumpet. Nat Adderley also played the cornet. And um, Webster Young liked that. And he kind of comes out of um, a little bit out of Miles Davis. Uh, And I'm talking about Miles Davis of the 1950s. That's really who influenced Webster Young. The other trumpet player had a long history in jazz. And a wonderful, very underrated player. He was actually a virtuoso trumpet player. He also played the saxophone as well. And uh, his name was Idris Suleiman. And uh, Idris played with uh, Thelonious Monk and all kinds of uh, incredible people. And he, um, Webster is kind of more a quiet stylist because he's coming out of Miles Davis. And Idris is a little more out front and technically, 
um, more startling as well. Uh, Idris was an incredible trumpet player with lots of chops and lots of technique and has a kind of a crackling way of playing. So you, that's the way to tell them apart. Uh, the two tenor saxophone players on here will begin with a gentleman named Bobby Jaspar. Bobby uh, was a Belgian, and uh, he had emigrated to the U.S., and a very, very fine stylist um, out of, um, I would say, Zoot Sims and uh, kind of a combination of Zoot Sims and Sonny Rollins. Very, very nice stylist um, with lots of technique. And the other tenor saxophonist is someone who I'm sure everyone's heard of, John Coltrane. Now, John Coltrane, in early 1957, was getting himself together. He was uh, ridding himself of a, a nasty drug habit, which he did on his own, and... Um, uh, began to really get into practicing his horn, and uh, was a, 1957 was an amazing change in John Coltrane's playing, and uh, he really was coming on. And on this album, um, he sounds great, and of course his sound is so identifiable on here, so um, he's definitely worth listening to. The um, piano player. Mel Waldron, and he was responsible for kind of um, coordinating this uh, um, jam session type uh, recording. Um, he was quite capable of coming into a studio cold and, and writing a whole bunch of tunes uh, for the band to play, and that, that is exactly what he did. Uh, and the first tune we're going to hear is a Mal Waldron composition and arrangement. Um, on bass, of course, oh, on guitar, I forgot, is Kenny Burrell, one of the great guitar stylists, originally from Detroit. On bass, from Detroit again, Paul Chambers. And, of course, Paul was gainfully employed by uh, Miles Davis at the time and uh, one of the finest bass players ever to emerge. On drums, the great New York drummer, Arthur Taylor. So these are the people that make, made up the, uh, the session. And as I mentioned before, it was issued on Prestige Records called uh, Interplay for two trumpets and two tenor saxophones. We're going to hear two tunes. They're lengthy tunes. The first one is um, based on a I Got Rhythm theme. And uh, it's the title track, I guess, and it's called Interplay. And it features um, solos all around by, uh, by everyone. And the second tune we're going to hear is the original version. He had just written this tune of a tune that John Coltrane played many, many, many times. It was written by Mel Waldron, but this is the first version of it. And it's a ballad, and it's called Soul Eyes. And the performance on here... These two pieces are really the two sweet spots of this uh, particular recording session, and I think you'll enjoy both pieces. So we open with interplay, and then we'll go into soul eyes.
We heard two tunes from this uh, wonderful album called Interplay for two trumpets and two tenor saxophones. And it came out on Prestige Records and is, is one of these um, kind of leaderless um, sessions. It just threw together a, a whole group of musicians. But um, pianist Mel Waldron was responsible for kind of organizing this uh, uh, group of musicians who had, um, they were obviously familiar with one another, but they hadn't really played together as a unit. Prestige Records was uh, known as uh, the Jam Session label, and um, most of their recordings are really great, and uh, there's a few that kind of um, maybe not up to uh, the standards of Blue Note Records, but um, because organization was uh, a mainstay at Blue Note, whereas Prestige, uh, the owner of Prestige preferred spontaneity, and uh, he didn't like to do retakes either. So if you made a mistake, that was it. <laughs> it was on the record forever. If your reed squeaked or you played a bad note on the trumpet, it didn't matter, uh, as long as the performance had some uh, substance. So... Anyway, we heard these two long tunes. The first tune was called Interplay, and uh, the people involved here, um, the more uh, outgoing uh, trumpeter was Idris Suleiman, and the, the more quiet trumpet player, um, influenced by 1950s Miles Davis, was a young man from Washington, D.C., with the name of Webster Young. Very fine player. Ended up playing with Jackie McQueen for uh, for quite a while. Anyway, Webster and Idris on trumpets. And the two tenor saxophonists were very distinctive. The Belgian tenor saxophonist, Bobby Jaspar, um, had a very nice sound, kind of reminiscent of um, Zoot Sims with a little touch of Sonny Rollins in there. And, of course, the other tenor saxophonist was immediately identifiable, John Coltrane. And, as I mentioned before, Coltrane was getting his life together. 
when this session was recorded in uh, late March of 1957, and uh, he was uh, overcoming his uh, drug addiction and uh, all that kind of stuff and getting his life together and his music together and, of course, practicing uh, endlessly. And, and uh, the improvement in Coltrane's playing was unbelievable in 1957. So this, was, uh, this recording was kind of the beginning of that new phase in, uh, in Coltrane's development. On guitar was the wonderful Kenny Burrell. On piano, of course, the gentleman who composed those two pieces, Mal Waldron. And we had Paul Chambers on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums. And the two pieces of music we heard, the first one was called Interplay, and the second one was the very first rendition of a brand new tune by Mel Waldron that, of course, became a classic. John Coltrane played this tune um, many, many times, and so many other people. And that piece of music uh, that we heard, that lengthy ballad performance, was entitled Soul Eyes. And... Uh, beautifully played by everybody, and uh, those two tunes were the high points of this particular recording session. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we're going to turn now to the music of uh, Oscar Peterson, but first... I'd just like to mention a couple of uh, websites um, that if you're not familiar with them, uh, I'm sure most of you are, but uh, a very good website is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. And on that website is the uh, schedule at uh, Frankie's Jazz Club, which of course has become one of the leading jazz clubs in Vancouver. And uh, you can book reservations on there and make sure... You look at the schedule, find out who you want to see and when they're playing and all that sort of stuff, and then you can do everything online. And it's uh, very, very convenient. And, of course, there are other performances that uh, Coastal Jazz uh, are sponsoring, and this website will tell you what's going on and uh, who's coming and when, where, and how you can purchase tickets and all that. Very comprehensive website. So that's coastaljazz.ca. The other fine website is one put together by Brian Nation, and it's VancouverJazz.com, VancouverJazz.com. And uh, that's a comprehensive website as well. Got all sorts of links on there, and you can uh, spend quite a bit of time finding out what's uh, what's around and uh, very interesting reading as well. So that's CoastalJazz.ca and VancouverJazz.com. Now we're going to celebrate, tomorrow is the birthday of Oscar Peterson, one of the finest and most distinguished musicians that this country ever produced. Oscar was born in Montreal, August 15th, 1925, and passed away a few years ago. A long, distinguished career. We're going to take you back in time to a place called Vancouver, British Columbia. On August 4th, 1958, at the Orpheum Theater, and we're going to hear the Oscar Peterson Trio, exactly recorded right here 
in Vancouver. <laughs> there we go. It was part of the um, Vancouver Festival. That was one of the very first festivals that was put together by a guy named Nicky Goldschmidt, Nicholas Goldschmidt. And uh, it involved theater. It involved um, uh, performance art, people like Hal Holbrook. Um, it involved um, opera, classical music, and some jazz. And Oscar Peterson was, of course, um, asked to perform as part of this. And we're going to hear some tunes recorded right at the Orpheum on August 4th, 1958. We're going to open with two tunes written by the late great trumpeter Clifford Brown, two of his most famous compositions, played by the Oscar Peterson Trio with Herb Ellis on guitar and Ray Brown on bass, and of course Oscar on piano. Uh, we're going to hear Joy Spring, and we're, and we're going to follow that with Da Hood, two great compositions by Clifford Brown that Oscar Peterson loved to play. And then we're going to um, segue to a wonderful composition written by pianist John Lewis, who was, of course, the musical director for the Modern Jazz Quartet. And he wrote this tune. Everybody was playing it at this time, uh, in uh, around this time, because it had just been written and was out on a record, a tune called The Golden Striker. So Joy Spring, Dahoud, The Golden Striker. Oscar Peterson Trio, Oscar Peterson on piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Herb Ellis on guitar. Live from the Orpheum.
Three tunes recorded at the Orpheum Theater right here in 1958. As a matter of fact, August 4th, 1958, celebrating Oscar Peterson's birthday, which is, um, it's really coming up to midnight. So he was born on August 15th, 1925, in Montreal. Of course, the great uh, pianist with Herb Ellis on guitar and Ray Brown on bass, his working trio of the time. We heard three tunes from this um, album and two tunes by the great Clifford Brown, the late great Clifford Brown. Joy Spring was the first tune. Dahoud was the second tune. And the third tune, with all that stride piano and all that happening, was written by John Lewis and it was entitled The Golden Striker. Oscar Peterson, Herb Ellis, and Ray Brown. Orpheum Theater. Celebrating, of course, Oscar's birthday. We're going to turn things over now to another wonderful pianist, along with a tenor saxophonist who uh, we heard earlier on at the beginning of the show, when he was part of the Count Basie band, but he's a great soloist in his own right. I'm talking about Frank Foster, who was actually born on the same day, um, different year, but he was born on the same day as John Coltrane. And Frank Foster uh, was one of the leading um, tenor saxophonists who arrived in New York. I think uh, there was a time when he and Sonny Rollins were... This was before Coltrane entered in on, on the scene. Uh, Frank Foster and Sonny Rollins were two of the most prominent, promising uh, young tenor saxophonists at the time. And, of course, Sonny went on to become Sonny Rollins, and Frank Foster um, joined the Count Basie band. And uh, he did record quite a bit on his own, but uh, uh, basically he was... Uh, uh, part of the Basie band for so many years, and and uh, people didn't uh, uh, think of him as a um, as prominent a soloist as Sonny Rollins. But uh, in the mid '50s, Frank Foster was one heavy tenor player. So we're going to hear him on two tunes here: Frank on tenor saxophone, Frank Foster, along with the great late legendary Elmo Hope on piano. John Orr on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. We're going to hear, first tune is a familiar tune. Everybody should know it. It's called Georgia on My Mind. And the second tune is um, a fast uh, blues, and it's called Whale, Frank, Whale. Frank Foster and Elmo Hope. Whale, 
Yeah, Frank Foster on tenor saxophone, along with the great, legendary Elmo Hope on piano. It's from an album called Hope Meets Foster. John Orr on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums. And we heard George on my mind, and the uh, second tune was entitled Whale, Frank Whale. Great, great tenor saxophonist. Born in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio on uh, September 25th. 1928, Frank Foster. We're going to turn now to a piece by and an arrangement by the great, another tenor saxophonist, totally different in style, Yusef Latif. And um, this is from an album called The Centaur and the Phoenix, which was uh, issued on Riverside Records. And it features uh, Yusef on tenor saxophone with um, a group of musicians, including um, Tate Houston on baritone saxophone, uh, Josiah Taylor on bassoon, um, Curtis Fuller on trombone, Richard Williams on trumpet, and the uh, trumpet soloist on here is the great Clark Terry. And in the rhythm section, Joe Zavanel on piano, Ben Tucker on bass, and Lex Humphreys on drums. And this is a piece of music um, by Mr. Latif called Revelation. Revelation. 
That's entitled Revelation, and of course, a uh, great sound of Youssef Latif on tenor saxophone leading the band. That was his composition, of course. And we heard um, on tenor saxophone, uh, my mind was somewhere else there. Uh, Tate Houston on baritone saxophone, um, Josiah Taylor uh, on bassoon in the uh, ensemble section, Richard Williams on trumpet, who didn't solo, but Clark Terry definitely did on trumpet, uh, Curtis Fuller on trombone, and in the rhythm section, Joe Zavinul on piano, and Ben Tucker on bass, and Lex Humphreys on drums. We're going to hear two... More tunes by Yusef Latif from a different album called Eastern Sounds. And um, Mr. Latif, of course, is a multi-instrumentalist. And we'll tell you what instruments he plays after we hear these two pieces of music. This is from um, an album with Barry Harris on piano, Ernie Farrell on bass, and Lex Humphreys again on drums. It's just a quartet date. And we're going to hear the um, beautiful uh, theme, the love theme from...
from the movie Spartacus. And then we're going to hear Youssef Latif composition called Snafu. So here then is the love theme from the movie Spartacus.
We heard a couple of uh, tunes by the great Yusuf Latif. The first one was the love theme from the movie, the classic movie, Spartacus. And it was written, uh, the music was written by a gentleman named, uh, named Alex North. And Yusuf played the oboe on that tune. That was one of his many instruments. And we heard Barry Harris on piano, Ernie Farrell on bass, and Lex Humphreys on drums. And then Yusef uh, switched over to tenor saxophone for the uh, final tune, which was entitled Snafu. And it's from the same album with uh, all the same people. The great multi-instrumentalist Yusef Latif. Well, that's it for another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. Hope you uh, were able to uh, come around at least for a little while. And if you listen to the whole show, good on you. And we'll see you uh, next week, next Monday evening. We start at 9 o'clock. And I'm your host, Gavin Walker. This has been another edition of The Jazz Show. We'd like to thank... CITR FM 101.9, right out here at UBC. And if you want to listen to us on your computer, we're at www.citr.ca. We will see you in seven days' time. Take care and uh, enjoy what's left of the summer.